cliffcentral.com Hello and thank you for tuning in to Leadership <laughs> Just go pretend it's live. Okay, it's live. <laughs> Hello and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Books Unpegged with Super Lead. Consider this. Have you ever wanted to read more business and leadership books but you simply just don't have the time? Imagine you could read a book per week. How awesome will that be? A lot of us have these demanding jobs and countless responsibilities. So our bookshelves end up with more books we intend to read than those we have actually read. My name is Banda Chiflaro. I'm the CEO at Superlead, which is a strategy consulting and leadership coaching organization. And on this show, we deep dive into a leadership topic which we anchor in a book we feature per week. And we do our utmost best to share actionable insights to advance your leadership excellence. And we are proudly sponsored by Holland. I'm joined here in studio by my co-host, Nobile Ngobo, who is a director at Alpha International. Nobile, welcome to today's show. Hi, Amanda. It's good to be back um, on this week's show to unpack another book. Really excited to be with you. Fabulous. And you know, before we unpack the next book, we do like to just do a quick review of the last book we unpacked. And um, we spoke about the infinite game mm-hmm. um, in the last show. Maybe one or two uh, thoughts that uh, that you, you remember, possibly some things that you started implementing in your leadership. Yeah, so last week we did part two of the infinite game by Simon Sinek. Um, and so we looked at the fact that you're approaching business and work in sort of this infinite game rather than finite. Um, And so one of the things that I was really, really been thinking about is how to think, which I think comes naturally to me, but really honing it, which is really thinking about sort of what's coming up ahead, you know, how to make sure that we are adjusting our plans for the next and not being stuck in just the goal of tomorrow or the goal of next. Um, And I think starting to apply those into my own leadership, um, I feel like is going to be really important. So it was really, really uh, exciting. About being able to dive into the infinite game. Stunning, stunning. Right, so today, um, I think this today's conversation pretty much impacts almost everyone in some role of leadership. Because when all is said and done, the strategies have been set and everything has been set in play, um, and the budget has been allocated, all of that, it all comes down to how you lead the team mm. that you're responsible uh, for. Yeah. So that frontline leadership, whether you're an, um, a, an a CEO, the team that you lead closely, um, and potentially how you lead the whole entire organization. Um, most of us have this sense that you want to kind of create this high performance culture. You want to deliver more potentially than what's expected. And that's what we're talking about today. How do you sort of lead in a way that maximizes performance? Mm, mm. And we've got a fantastic book for it. Yes. So we're doing Coaching for Performance, The Principles and Practice of Coaching and Leadership. It's by Sir John Whitmore, which sounds like a very, you know, important person. (laughs) But this is really exciting. This idea of coaching leadership. Um, Why have you chosen this book? Oh, because it all comes down to 
the how you lead the team. Like mm. we can do everything all around it. It just comes down to that moment. The moment of truth really with leadership is just how do you lead your team tomorrow? Mm. Um, mm. We can strategize, we can do all of these things. How does Tuesday look like? How does Wednesday look like yeah. with your team? And, um, and say John uh, Whitmore ha- uh, is literally regarded as the father of coaching performance. Um, he's, we are now reviewing the fifth edition of the book. Yeah. The first edition came out in 1992. Can you wow. think that far? Yeah, I can. I can. <laughs> you were born by then? Yes, I was. <laughs> Although I was very small. Definitely not thinking about coaching for performance. <laughs> <laughs> but this is great. I mean, I think I'm one of those people that's really benefited from from coaching. And so with with this sort of conversation, you know, what is the difference that we're talking about? Are we talking about how you are a leader that is also coaching in your leadership or receiving personal coaching? How would you differentiate ah, uh, the two? Ah, so this one is about it's largely aimed at let's say two sets of people. So mm-hmm. the first set is leaders who lead any team. Mm-hmm. And they want to to do exceptionally well in how they lead the teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's many approaches to lead. Um, and more and more organizations are starting to realize that this sort of coaching style of leading a team it's actually a lot better. Um, so so we want to talk to leaders who lead any team mm-hmm. to kind of maybe convince them to take on the approach of leading as a coach. Mm. So that's one set. The second set, which I guess will be like a very small, maybe uh, uh, portion of the listeners is those that are perhaps in the field of coaching and maybe they want to kind of just enhance their coaching and they want to do better as a coach, etc., etc. But to, uh, to a large extent, this book really focuses on how can you be a leader as a coach mm-hmm. and then adopting that as a way of leading. Okay. So do you want to set up the case for coaching leadership? <laughs> I absolutely will, will, will like to do that. Um, so, you know, my favorite thing about, about, um, about the, this idea uh, and actually the work that, that, uh, say John Whitmore kind of come, um, brings across very quickly is this, this fact that performance is an inside game. It's an inner game equation, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes that from, um, Galloway who sort of created this formula, which is performance equals potential minus interference. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 so let's say you, you want to perform, you want to, you know, you know, deliver on all your, you know, your many strategic objectives, um, at alpha. Uh, the, the equation is very simple. It's, um, you have the potential to do that. Mm-hmm. If we take out the interference, you will shine. Okay. And okay. exceptional coaches or leaders who lead in this fashion, they, they have, um, they have this ability to almost take out the interference, um, mm. and, uh, and it allowed the people to go out there and outshine. Okay. And these interferences might be internal or external, mm, right? Mm, you could mm. have these inner voices that kind of just, you know, you know, plant doubts or, yeah. or soft doubts or, you know, imposter stuff and all fear, etc., etc. And that kind of gets in the way. And then you can have a whole host of external, um, interferers that gets in the way. Yeah. And really to lead as a coach at its core is believing that every single person in your team has got amazing untapped potential. And your job is to take out 
the interference. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, that's really exciting. Okay, so what's the difference between um, leading through mentoring and leading through coaching? Or is it the same? Ah, so yeah. so so we're going to have to sort of, we, we're going to get to, um, we, we're going to get to this now because coaching also, we, we need to define it. Yeah. We need to define it separate from, from mentorship. We yeah. need to define that if we have time separate from counseling, separate from teaching mm. and just kind of say, right, what does coaching actually means okay. in the context of, um, of performance? But before we get there, and I just kind of, this is where most leaders sort of find themselves right there's all of the there's almost like a scale so you get given a team mm-hmm. and uh you could either lead the team like a dictator right so yeah. you could dictate yeah. what needs to be done yes all right yeah. you do that do you do that, that you do yeah. and we all know that the that that comes with its own problems right yeah um and many of us have experienced uh, a few of these the other approach is like okay maybe let me just the, the the on the the extreme end is detector, then the next end is maybe let me just persuade my team, right? Mm. So so you you come there and you gonna sell the idea of guys, can you like make me this fantastic marketing ad that you know does this and hopefully the team will sort of catch it and buy into what mm. what you're selling, right? I guess that's where probably the word buy in sort of comes mm. in, um and and um. And, and really, you know, that, there's some elements there, but, but, you know, l- let's just, let's just go with it. The third one, all the way from the extreme of dictate, persuade, the other one is like, okay, maybe let's just discuss mm-hmm, and talk mm-hmm. about all oh, what we need to do as a team. What do you think? Should we do that? Or should we paint this wall yellow? No, maybe blue. And then you kind of, we, we adopt this sort of democratic sort of approach to, um, to leading. And then the other, Far extreme end, right? Is you, you sort of abdicate. You're like, yeah, uh, you step back and you say, right, guys, you do your thing, you know, call me when you yeah. need, call me when you need something. Um, and I wonder where you've kind of fallen over the years. In, I don't on the know. Scale. Cause these all sound, you know, like I think I've heard these different styles or scales at different points and different people, I suppose, in terms of their own style or their own personality will Feel that one style of leadership is is probably better. I think I'm probably falling have fallen into the discussion part of it. Yeah, more of like okay, what do we all think? Um, have tried to learn the persuasion part of it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> saying, you know, do you think that this would be great? Is yeah. like just sell sell what I think and get get the team on board. Yeah, but I think probably my natural inclination is probably to fall into the discuss. Okay, trying to get the democratic. You yeah. know, yeah. approval yeah. of everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and where sort of leading as a coach stands is literally stands almost above all of those mm. things. Um, and, uh, and, and the, the, the scale from dictate to abdicate. And all of them, they have like, there's some pros and there's a lot of cons with each of those. Um, and, um, and as you're listening to us uh, today, it will be great for you to also grade yourself in this scale to see. Uh, where you at? Uh, Nobile will be more or less around, you know. Discuss. Discuss. 
democratic can see the pros and cons <laughs> of that <laughs> and uh, like sometimes nothing gets done yeah. quickly yeah um, takes up time yeah. everyone's in more meetings yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i can tell what your daddy looks like uh from from that end but um what what the approach of coaching as part of me is kind of selling you this idea of you kind of Stepping almost away from the the scale of dictate to abdicate and adopting an approach which is which is sort of the coaching style of leadership. Mm. Um, you get so much better. You deliver a lot more, and people deliver out of their sense of you know purpose, and they are passionate, and they bring their whole self uh, to the to the work, and. Um, and pretty much everyone is fulfilled. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, a, that's the one piece to kind of just sort of sell the idea of leading as a coach. Okay, great. So how do you do this? Because you talk about what's the role of the leader is then I suppose, and you can tell me if I'm dropping ahead too yeah. much, but you know, if a leader is also doing other stuff, <laughs> their, their, their job or their, you know, their tasks. Yeah. What is the role of being able to coach and get success without it taking up too much time yeah. in terms of your own tasks that you need to do as the yeah. leader? Ah, because also, the, you know, people like the idea of like, yeah, I'm coaching my team. Mm. But uh, many leaders, as you know, they're in the state of firefighting. And, mm. and, and then there's a next firefighting. There's a next deadline. There's a next deadline. Yeah. And hardly ever any coaching happens. Um, so so what we want to do, uh, we'll give you a quick model that, that um, hopefully a tool that one can implement uh, and do what we call sort of micro-coaching in the moments um, okay. so that you don't feel like I have to, you know, schedule these like blocks of time to do coaching sessions with mm. my team. Um, so we'll talk about that. And so, so that's a, that's a, that's an incentive to stay all the way to the end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> with this, with this show, right? Yeah. Uh, because, uh, there's a tool coming, um, that, that you can use, uh, very handy, um, for you to, uh, for you to kind of be a great coach. So, uh, coming back to your, to your question, hey, what is this coaching thing about? Yeah. So coaching in its nature sort of focuses, um, on future possibilities mm. and not so much the past mistakes. Um, most people engage with their teams very often as it relates to what they've done in the past. Mm. Um, and, and, and coaching kind of shapes the the conversation towards uh future um uh future possibilities and um it, it just quickly the, the 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 author kind of talks about you know if you go to the dictionary you, you kind of look for a definition of a coach right uh you'll kind of find largely two types right? so yeah. you, you'll have a coach which is like a a, a boss right kind of taking you on a journey oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah and then you've got like a co uh, like a sports instructor yes. or something like that yeah. and he kind of says what we're talking about here is more like the boss one mm. um uh, in understanding that coaching is a journey um and it's not about sort of like you know instructing people or teaching people um, uh, or telling people what can be done. For me, my hardest thing when I learned how coaching for the first time was to learn that it's not about me telling 
people what to do mm-hmm. is for me to facilitate a conversation for people to figure out what to do for themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but you know, I, I come with all the wisdom inverted covers, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's where the difference between mentorship and, and coaching comes in. Mentorship s- talks about, um, from its origin word, Greek uh, word in the Greek mythology, um, which is sort of, it's reported that what's his name? Odysseus. Um, <laughs> he was setting out for Troy and he entrusted his house and education, um, uh, of his son Telemachus mm. to a friend, uh, or to a mentor. And, and this was the instruction. Tell him all you know. Mm. Right. And that's where mentorship sort of comes yeah. from is you've got someone a little bit more experienced and yeah. um, who then sort of tells you everything he or she knows to help you kind of make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Versus a coaching, which allows you to, to figure out the answers by yourself. Which versus coaching, where is a conversations mm. between equals? Okay, right? that, that's the first distinction. Okay, whether my job title says I'm I'm a CEO, yeah, and your job title says you are a, you know, junior level, junior yeah. person, um, coaching conversation. You know, you've entered into a coaching conversation when we kind of take down the the hierarchy mm. and then we talk. As, as equals, we are equal. Great. We're in the mentorship. So it's not me imparting my wisdom and take it and learn from me, but rather saying I'm taking what, all my experience and your experience, and we're having a conversation to to maximize your potential. Absolutely. Looking ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, so you know, you have entered a mentorship conversation when the conversation is very. Let me tell you how this stuff yes. is done. Um. As opposed to you have entered a coaching conversation, which then sort of kind of facilitates a conversation um, that aims to subtract interference from your own potential so we can all achieve great performance. Mm. You remember that P equals P minus I. Yes. Performance (laughs) equals potential minus interference. Yeah. Um, and, and this is hard to, to swallow, right? And I think that it's, it's, uh, it will be wise for me to kind of say, Hey, after listening to us today, you know, you're not almost going to l- immediately go out there and become like a leader as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully we start to spark questions and um, that make you sort of move and lean towards the approach. Yeah. Um, uh, because when people are being told what to do, um, you know, it's oftentimes they, 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 you know, they might kind of hear you and they do the best they could. But when they, when they say they, when they want to do what they're going to do, they just do way more and, and at a much better quality. Yeah. Now, before we dive into like the leader as a coach, um, he highlights here like the about the culture of criticism and blame breaking down the relationships and blocks learning. Yeah. Could you touch on that? Because he puts it in almost at the beginning, right after really sort of differentiating these styles. Why do you think that he's done that? Yeah. And why do you think that's important? And then there's a great Andrew Hopkins quote here, which I think is really great to share as well. Um, yeah. Uh, just start with that quote, right? So um, he says, it is an interesting feature of human psychology that once we've found someone to blame, 
the quest for explanation seems to come to an end. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. I'm just thinking about it now. I'd say it's so true. <laughs> um, and that's why coaching is, is less about what happened in the past mm. and more about what we're going to do in the future. Yes. Um, because what happens in the past is usually filled with criticism and blame. Mm. Um, and, and that blame kind of sort of brings in, you know, when you're in the blame culture environment, um, people are afraid which is mm. fear. Mm. They have self-doubt and they've got limiting beliefs. Um, and instead of kind of being more curious, um, they kind of resort back to kind of feeling like uh, being afraid of being judged, etc., etc. Mm. So, and those things, fear, self-doubt, limiting beliefs, all of those things, those are interference mm. to one's performance. Yes. yes. And we've said it before. P equals P minus I. Mm. Uh, so, so that's why you, you can't have, um, you can't have this, this culture of, of blame game. Mm. And one of the key mindsets really to go back to, um, again and again is sort of really appreciating the people that you work with and mm. um, that they all have potential to do incredibly amazing things, regardless of what they may have done in the past. Mm. Right. You almost like, um, uh, you know, after listening to us today, you want to get to the office and you kind of look at everyone and say, you are absolutely great. Mm. And I'm going to come alongside you almost as your support system was your coach um, to remove all the interference. Yes. Either internal and or external. So the way I'm interpreting that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is more saying, okay, if something goes wrong, it's not about who did this, but what happened. To sort of unpack, okay, what has happened and how do we correct that for the, Going the forward. future. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, so, so if something happens, we do a normal diagnostic, you know, mm. we can do the five Y's, we can kind of untrack this thing, we can do all kinds of stuff at the, the tools, uh, to not end the fishbone, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but less so about the who, because mm. then that creates this blame and the hiding and the fear yes. and, and, and that goes nowhere. Mm. He's, he's got this quote in the book. He says, leaders must be experienced as a support by their team. And oh, not a, as a threat. Really good, really good. Right. So, so, so those are sort of the, some of the initial mindsets <laughs> that really needs to shift if you're going to sort of lead as a coach. Yeah. We, now, maybe to our listeners, scale from one to 10, how much does your team experience you as a support? Um, as a threat. versus as a threat. If you do, it. if there was a scale and support is on the other end and the threat is on the other end, um, and maybe, maybe you, you could do this if you're brave. You could kind of like draw a little line and you're, mm. uh, and you have support, uh, on the left and then threat on the right. And you go to your teammates and you say, all right, without thinking too much, uh, just Vote. plot how you experience me. Yeah, yeah. To what extent do I show up as a support uh, versus a threat to you? I think that's really good because he frames it that there's the paradox in coaching leadership because the leader traditionally holds the paycheck, the yeah. key to promotion, and also the axe. Yeah. So coaching leadership, you know, it has to be a partnership of a trust, safety, minimal pressure. Yeah. So he says the check, the key and the axe have no place there yeah. because they serve only to inhibit such a relationship. Yeah. So how do we 
approach that knowing that traditionally, obviously, that is what the leader holds. Yeah. So, so, so if, um, if you get your source of power as a leader from the fact that you, you can dangle a promotion mm. or you can dangle a paycheck or a bonus, mm. um, you know, you're not leading. Um, and it goes back to, to sort of the old conversations from John Maxwell that you're a positional leader rather than someone who leads by influence. Mm. Um, and, and that's why this stuff is important, right? So, cause we can strategize and do st- all of these things. If you, if your team experiences you as a threat or as someone that dangles all of these things and you lead, uh, you're almost coercing the team through all of these external f- uh, factors, there's some leadership work that needs to be done. Mm, mm, yeah. Because the the true style of coaching is that of, as you said, partnership and collaboration. Great, great. Okay, so let's dive into then, um, you know, how we can begin to, what are some of the key things we can think about adopting coaching leadership style? Good. So the, the first thing is that... Um, you know, they, they kind of write in the book, uh, to say that if you take nothing from this book is that to lead as a coach is to kind of almost heighten or facilitate the, the, the awareness and responsibilities of your teammates. Mm. So um, the more your teammates are aware, for instance, of their themselves and how they showing up and how they are performing, um, if you can facilitate for that, mm. that's luck. You are halfway through. So, um, let's, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm sort of your leader and then I kind of highlight, Hey, this is how this thing seems to, sh- this is how you seem to show up when you're presenting. Okay. Um, and just create as much awareness about how you perform as possible for you to sort of then internalize and kind of take responsibility for your own you know, like development and performance mm. rather than you perform or develop from like this cohesive cohesion of like, Hey, you must do this. Otherwise, um, there, there was not going to be a bonus for you. Okay. Okay. So your responsibility is to increase awareness and responsibility mm. for delivery for your team. Okay. And, 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 and most, most leaders don't. Um, we've said this a, a few times in the previous episodes where even the basic like awareness of my own strength and you know what I do well, what I don't do so well. And uh, in most teams, that's still lacking, which is incredibly shocking. Uh, because, um, these days and a, these days, uh, it's a lot easier to, to kind of be a more aware of, of, um, of who you are, you know, how you, how you show up. What's your greatest strength, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really great. So increasing awareness and responsibility. So essentially engaging that the person understands what their role is, how they need to improve, what they need to improve in, yeah. and then seeking those opportunities to do so yeah. naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the, the other one is this, right? With, with awareness, there are people today who go to work and have no idea how well they're performing, mm, <laughs> right? Because yeah. they're waiting. There's for, no feedback loop. Th- there yeah. is no feedback loop, yeah. right? And they're waiting for six months time to be told how they've been doing mm. for the last six months. Uh, and, and 
Yeah. Always they only get told when something's going wrong. Oh, they yeah. get told. When, yeah, yeah. When, when <laughs> some, something has gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 that's that's the biggest challenge, right? Mm. So 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 the reason the reason why this is key is that um, when people are a lot more aware. Um, and they engage themselves in sort of improving the performance. The performance gets, uh, tends to be better. Uh, this is often quoted around um, the attitudes of how people learn. Uh, that seven percent of a message in the uh, uh, not, not not this one, uh, but um, it's often sort of said that you know what, what you get told and you're not engaged in very quickly, you kind of forget about that. Yes. And most leaders kind of revert back to mm. this idea of uh, I'll just tell you what to do yes. rather than we co-create what needs to be happen. Yeah. As a yeah. leader, you've created the awareness and you've given the responsibility to deliver to the other person. Yeah. Yeah. And then he also talks about um, adopting a coaching mindset helps people to discover their self-belief. Yeah. So their own belief and, and who they are. Could you speak more into that? Um and the advantages of that then in the in the workplace. So, um, when you have imagine you're having this conversation with your boss or leader or whatever the right word is, mm. um, and it feels like you're an equal, mm. and there's no blame in the room, and you feel trusted, mm. um, you automatically just, you know, your self belief lifts yes. when you experience your leader as someone that supports you um, and and gives you the responsibilities full on and accountability to deliver um you are you you you, you just you just grow in self-belief yeah um as opposed to kind of being patronized instructed mm. or sometimes ignored on the abdicate side of things yes. or being blamed or threatened um or kind of just you know being Experiencing these harsh words that sometimes corporate um, mm. has. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I think that's so good because oftentimes, you know, um, people will say, you know, uh, you know, but oh, you have all these, you know, or opportunities, or you have this position. Why don't you feel good? But it, but I like how um, he highlights Albert. Morabian's research yeah. <laughs> about, you know, feelings and attitudes. And he says yeah. 70%, 7% of a message is in the words that are spoken. Yeah. 38% of a message is in the way that the words are said. So yeah. the tone and rhythm. Yeah. And 55% of a message is in the facial expression. Yeah. So if you are in a situation where in, in conversations with your leader or in a meeting or whatever, you don't feel you know, you feel these sort of ignored or blamed or threatened or, you know, like you're being patronized, yeah. then it doesn't matter what they're saying. It's everything else that's being said yeah. by the tone yeah. and everything that's not being said. Yes, yes. And because uh, yeah. cause what's being said is literally just contributing 7%. Yeah. So you could leave a meeting being tasked to do something big, <laughs> but you leave feeling not confident and being yeah. able to do it because of how, how it was proposed. Or, yeah. And what's key about that is you truly, genuinely need to believe in the person. Mm. Like you, you can't just take can't elements forced. of this thing and say, all right, okay. Okay, I'm gonna say all the right things. Or I'll smile yeah, 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 if you don't like, really believe in your heart, if you don't believe in the person yeah. entering into the conversation or yeah. into the leadership. I think that's why someone once said, you know, um, one of, you know, someone who's a leader, um, said 
for her and her team, um, anyone who starts, she she knows at the beginning. The fact that I've hired them into the team means yeah. I trust them, oh, and I wait and I will trust them until you give me a reason not to trust you. But yes, until yes, then, yes, you know, yeah. from day one, you are trusted. You are trusted with yeah. whatever task oh, you're given. I trust you, yeah. and I think that shows up and and even how that team is yeah. and reacts to her and, and appreciates her leadership and how they grow yeah. as people yeah. is because they know that. She trusts them yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that that's stunning. Yeah. And if we can get more and more leaders just fully trusting and appreciating their colleagues mm. um, and kind of seeing what's possible about them um, and less so what they've done badly in the past. Mm. You know, we have made a big shift already in uh, just in this conversation. Mm. Um, and, and, uh, and that's number one. The second piece is when leaders sort of step back from the hierarchy kind of view of the conversation and kind of bring that, come back to level and say, let's have a conversation of equals mm. because I know you can crack this, right? And in that conversation, the leader as a coach spends more time asking questions the right kind of coaching questions. If we had more time, we'll unpack, yeah. you know, th- those questions. Um, and you know, what not to ask and how not to, to ask. Maybe I'll just highlight a few, mm. but the, 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 the leader is, is kind of guiding through asking what I call intelligent sort of coaching questions. Mm. Um, you know, questions like sort of, there are some questions you don't want to ask, right? Like <laughs> if you questions like a why is like a no no because people kind of go into defense mode, right? Yeah. Um, but but you want to ask in a way that that shows that you're curious rather than you're trying to find blame. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hey, tell me a little bit more. Uh, tell me about what actually happened, when, um, how much, how many. Um, and, and you stay away from the likes of why, um, you know. Why did this, why, <laughs> why is this, this not happen? done? Because what, the moment you do yeah. that, uh, you know. Shut down, something uh, shut shuts down, down. Shut down on the inside. Um, yeah. Um, so, so, so leading as a coach is more around sort of uh, kind of taking us an approach to sort of asking questions rather than telling. So I can imagine that there might be some people just thinking about different personalities and how different people lead that go, this feels, you know, like I'm just now, as, as a leader, now need to just be too much in my feelings or too sensitive. <laughs> Maybe just touch on sort of the, the, the benefits of the style of leadership on, on a team, but also how if it's not your natural inclination to, you know, lead in that way or ask those kinds of questions. And maybe you are a kind of leader who says, do this, do this, or that, because that's the sort of leadership you've received. What's the benefit you think or have seen in, sh- in starting to shift towards a coaching leadership? Obviously it's not overnight, but yeah. yeah. So uh, the one word clarity. Mm. So um, the more I tell the less people, the less clear people are. And mm. um, the more I engage and kind of say, which, which we'll unpack now with the grow model, mm-hmm. um, have a conversation where I say, Hey, we'd like to do this. How do you think we can get there? Mm-hmm. And we get you participating in the conversation. We get you to make your own promise on what you will deliver. Mm-hmm. And we get you to ask to kind of highlight the things that will get in the way, um, uh, for you to deliver on that. And, and we walk out of the meeting, you knowing it. 
very well mm. what needs to be done and you were the one to verbalize it you were the one who kind of clarified it with me mm. you were the one who sort of you know i it, it's you own the work yeah it's this is you know to an extent there's a part about you caring and you know um and sort of trusting the people mm. but to the other extent on a real performance hard facts uh, perspective you're going to have everyone in your team being super clear on what they need to deliver yes but if you show up and say hey i need you to paint that wall yellow and do this this that 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 you know what you get told it's what you what you think you're saying and what what they are hearing mm. it's not always necessarily the same thing yeah and then yeah. what happens they do something and it's not exactly what you want them to yeah. do and then there's chaos yeah so yeah. the opposite is just confusion confusion lack of clarity yeah uh, and once you have super clarity um that comes out of a conversational Sort of style of, of engagement and you have a lot more. You are much better than your neighbor leader who's, um, who is working around telling people what to do. Yeah. Cause there's, there's the dictates and I tell them what to do and there's mm. a pursuit. Hey guys, could you please do this? Mm. And there's like, right. Um, the, the discussion. Discuss, okay. Let's yeah. kind of, let's just discuss it. Let's, let's, let's think about this some more. Mm. And then there's an abdicate. None of that stuff walks out with the, Pure clarity yes. and ownership on the side of the person that you're leading. That's really good because even with discussion, which I probably have more of an inclination towards, I can see and can now think back to moments where you can have a big discussion and everyone's had their say, but then at the end, no one leaves with a real clear. <laughs> like, like, like you what know, are we gonna do? <laughs> what, what is my task in this? What is my goal? Which then makes it seem, you know, oh, we did all this time strategizing <laughs> or thinking or planning, and no one really knows what their role in it is. Um, yeah, so I think it'd be really great for people to think about, you know. Their style of leadership, what are some of the, the positives they see in it? What are some of the negatives? And maybe how coaching leadership could meet those, those needs, those, those, those gaps. So, and let's make it more practical by just yeah. unpicking the grow model, right? Okay. So the grow model says, um, it, it stands for goals, mm-hmm. reality, options, and will. And that's where you find the word grow. G for goals, R for reality. Um, o for options and W for will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you put all that together, you have grow. grow. <laughs> so, so the, this, this framework really kind of starts off by saying, um, uh, let's say we kind of meet and, and, and you kind of say, Hey, um, what's, uh, what's, let's say this is a week, our weekly, uh, kind of conversation. What's your goals for, for this week? What do you intend to sort of achieve? I guess there's many ways in which, um, uh, one can sort of get to the goal if it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, what you want, uh, all, all kinds of things. Then the second thing was like, yeah, tell me what's happening now. What's mm-hmm. your current? So that's what you want to do. And here's what's your current reality today. And, um, normally in the reality is that's where the challenges are mm-hmm. at. I want to, uh, you know, I want to kind of make, you know, 10 sales this week. And um, my current reality is that my, my leads pool, um, you know, it's not that, that great. Yeah. I do not have that many leads. We, the advert didn't go out last week or, mm. you know, some system broke, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, the third one, which is sort of my favorite, what could you do? 
Like what are the what are sort of the options available um, for us to explore in the midst of all the current challenges mm. for you to still hit your goal? Yeah. And yeah. what you're doing is you're almost taking it back to the person to explore what they see as options available to them yes. to still deliver. Yes. Right. And, and generally people will be like, yeah, I can, I think I can do that. Um, I called, um, you know, I can reach out to my, I can get to my phone book and kind mm. of scroll through these things. I can ask marketing to kind of do a, you know, some, some campaign online. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then we kind of move the conversation to say, what will you then do? Mm. Um, and as we kind of go through the options, we move the, the person to say, what do you think is a little more uh, feasible, I mm. guess, to do when you consider this and that? Um, until the kind of like, I think, a, a digital below the line, um, quick campaign mm. can give us some results. Um, and then we bring the conversation with the what would you do uh, with the commitments who will sort of help you mm. in getting that and what are the next steps by when and with who. Wow. That's a grow model. Yeah, that's really, really good. Because that feels like it's, as you said, it's a conversation. It's a person then being able to present what their challenges are and being able to still, but still stay focused on the goal. So don't get immersed in, yeah. in what the challenges are that week, yeah. but rather come up with solutions of what they can do. Good. To reach their goals. So now this is this is um this is uh, in true growth style. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna show up, and you're gonna adopt the grow model, and you're gonna be the one asking me some questions. Okay, asking you now. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you? What are your goals for the week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh. That's, um... <laughs> well, what were you hoping to achieve this week? So. Um, I'm hoping to, to submit my PhD thesis, uh, to my supervisor who has been on my case <laughs> for some time now. Amazing. Amazing. And, um, you know, how do you feel you're getting with that? Do you feel like your week is setting you up to be able to do that? Or is there other things that are, that are due this week that I might be yeah, causing some interference? My, there, there's quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I have, um, I have got, uh, oh, tomorrow is my birthday. So, uh, you know, my family will want, has been wanting to do stuff. And, yeah. and so they want to kind of make sure that tomorrow is not more of work, but it could be more of celebration. Sort of more of celebration. And so that kind of takes away from the time to, to do that. Um, we've got quite a, a few clients, uh, deliverables, um, coming up this week as well. And, um, and uh, and I'm all like just feeling a little bit tired. It's been a long run, and mm. um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So since your your thesis is due, so that can't be can't be moved. What do you? What are some of the things you think you can do to to create the space for you to be able to meet that deadline this week? Is there anything you can put aside, or anything that um, can help you? Anyone that can help you? Yeah. So I, I guess I think a couple of things. So 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 one um. Uh, potentially kind of reach out to a friend to maybe vet uh, or just edit mm. or, or maybe just check if all the referencing uh, is done properly yeah. and kind of getting the language right. I, I do have a few 
PhD friends that are very passionate about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think I could reach out to one to just kind of, um, help them. And maybe I could normally, you know, in a week, I, I, I've got a quite a bit of a exercise, uh, a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Potential. I could take some of that time to uh, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, clap this PhD yeah, out. Yeah. Um, and, um, what else I could do? I could ask for an extension. But <laughs> you could move your birthday. <laughs> Anything. Oh, and, and the birthday is like, yeah, so it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Okay. So out of those options, you know, what, what is feasible to do? Um, so what will you do to create that space so you don't miss your deadline? I think the two things, the, the, those first two things could, could work. I could, um, I could ask someone for help. I could ask I ask for help, especially just the proofreading, because mm. the the longer you look at the same document, the the more it just looks the same, and you don't see those things. I got a friend of mine. I think um, Renani. I'll, I'll give him a call to mm. to kind of help with with the proofreading, and then um, I think I can just you know exercise less this week. Okay. Okay. So those will be the two things I do, and hopefully by the end of the week we. Um, uh, we get to submit this document. Great. I feel like, uh, it's something that as you do it, you'll, I'll improve more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how to ask those questions. But that feels like a very easy start in terms of those four, four, uh, steps to the yeah. model of goals, yeah. reality, options, and will, um, to begin to bring in those, the, the right qu- questions to help someone. So let's, let's unpack this whole conversation. Yeah. Right? So if you showed up and say, Banda, you need to submit your PhD this week, mm. right? And, and we didn't create the space that allows me to say, by the way, it's my birthday. So mm. I've got a problem. Um, and, and you kind of listen in. And, um, and you could, you could have come up with all kinds of options for me that might not work, yeah. especially for someone that has, you know, the client deliverables, the mm. birthday and all kinds of things. How much more would you have known about my context if you just came and did the normal tell and go mm. approach of leadership? Yeah. You would have missed out on a lot of it. Yeah. So the second piece is I now made a commitment, verbalize what I'm going to do. Mm. I'm going to call Rendani. So mm. next week you're like, Hey, how was the, did you call Rendani? Uh, yeah. Did he, did he help you with the proofreading? Yes. Um, and, um, Hey, uh, you know, sorry, you didn't get to get some time to exercise. Mm. Did that work? Et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, it's in my context. The goal hasn't moved, but, um, I, you appreciate my challenges. You let me explore my own options. And then you get me to make my own commitments. Yeah, yeah. And then we all hit the goal. Yeah. And to do, to do what I'm going to do now, which was almost voluntary, if it were, it feels a lot better yeah. than if you instructed me, go call your friend. Yes. Go stop gymming this week. Because if yes. you tell me stop gymming this week, yeah. I'm going to walk out very resentful. Yes. Yes. That's really good. And I think that it, Leading in that style is helpful as well because just thinking about how if you're in a situation where you maybe have goals to achieve and there's so much happening in terms of the reality, but it's not expressed in the moment because it's not the conversations we're having and then you don't meet the goal or it's late or something like that. You, as a someone who's reporting in someone, you naturally will say, well, it's because of A, B, C, and D. <laughs> and then to the leader, they're like, well, 
you have to get it done and now you're making excuses yes, yes, and now yes, you're yes, trying yes, to blame someone exactly. and then that feels like it creates a hostile uh, sort of relationship because it it's like now you're going back to the past versus yeah. you know it's like a whole thing so it, having that conversation means that you're always leading someone in the midst of their reality but helping them yeah. figure out how to achieve their goals in the moment yeah and it's them eh so mm-hmm. it, when they're creating options you know it you know as you go and as you do more of this stuff and in your job mostly it could be like oh what else mm-hmm. um what more could you be could mm-hmm. be done i i watched a, a show last week that i saw a guy who did this and that how could they supply mm-hmm. could this be an option and then yours is is the probing type and holding what you extra what you're wanting to get is to extract commitments mm. goal stays extract commitments that are volunteered by the client mm. amazing Manda, we need to wrap up we do <laughs> so that was that was um a coaching for performance and it's just we we kind of gave one tool uh to help you kind of you know um experience this this way of of coach of leading it's not dictating it's not persuading it's it's neither um, kind of democratic type stuff and it's not abdicating, but it's a coaching style of leadership. And, um, and, uh, we hope you, you give it a shot. Until then, go out there and super lead.